0: This is The Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free-for-all forum with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? (laughs) Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a Master of Divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the Faith Debate Master of Ceremonies, oh, yeah, <laughs> Troy Skinner. On the Faith Debate over the years, we've had a few authors on the show, most of them local. In fact, two I think we've had that were authors that weren't local. Uh, one we did over the phone, which was Believe it or not, it was a technical challenge, so we won't be doing that any time soon. And, uh, and one was a guy that was on a book tour traveling through the area. But uh, I mentioned this because I do a lot of reading. And last year on social media, on Facebook, I challenged myself to read more last year. And so as an accountability measure, I posted about a book every week. I put pressure on myself to post every week a different book. So, you know, I had to really pick up my, my reading pace. And so... Um, the The goal was 52 books in 52 weeks. And I've been sharing in, in recent weeks on the Faith Debate Show what my reading was. I, pro- I provided a little synopsis, a little book review. Some of them were longer, some were shorter, the reviews. Uh, some of them were, f- were favorable, some of them not so favorable. Most of them were favorable. Anyway, I mentioned uh, the setup here because we're going to pick up where I left off and All I really had to say about this particular book at the time was a teaser for The Faith Debate. So um, we're now up to 52 books in 52 weeks, week number 37. And I wrote uh, late last year. I'm just beginning to dig into this one, the book. Stay tuned for a series of four interviews with the author during upcoming episodes of The Faith Debate radio show. That would be this show. In addition to playing over the air... I will post those interviews as podcasts on WFMD.com and on my Facebook page, which I did. So what am I talking about? The author, Rowan Stewart, strikes me as an energetic and winsome man of God. I believe you will enjoy the interviews. And if Renewing Your Mind Daily is as interesting as its author, then you will enjoy the book, too. So I don't need to give you much more review if you're interested. There are, I think, four shows that I did with uh, Rohan Stewart about his book. And you can find those podcasts at WFMD.com and on the WFMD Facebook page and actually on my Facebook page um, as well. So moving right along, 52 books in 52 weeks, number 38, Finding God's Life for My Will by Mike Donahue. And that's not a, a typo. He actually said Finding God's Life for My Will because so often people talk about finding God's will for their life, right? And, yes, Mike is the lead singer for the band 10th Avenue North. This book is full of zany humor, gifted storytelling, perceptive insight, personal vulnerability, and wise application. This book, I got to say, was a pleasant surprise. It is not perfect, but still, read this book. Seriously, read this book. Mike Donahue, I think is how you say his name, Finding God's Life for My Will. 52 Books in 52 Weeks, number 39. This book was a team effort. Stephen Arterburn and John Shore, along with an assist from Eric Stanford, put together this workbook for Midlife Manual for Men, Finding Significance in the Second Half. Found it for only a dollar, so it seemed worth taking the chance that I wouldn't need the DVD or the other materials that go with the workbook. Well, I was wrong. Sometimes a workbook is enough to get a lot of the meat offered by the authors. In this case, not so much. The issue of midlife crisis is a serious one for many men that too often is met with bumper sticker advice. However, sometimes bumper stickers point to the profound. So let me share one bumper sticker quote from this book. You can't turn back the clock, but you can wind it up again. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 40. Mrs. K. Arthur will turn 86 in a few weeks. She was 49 when she wrote, Lord, teach me to pray in 28 days. Yep, it's been nearly 40 years since she wrote the book. And the topic is still as relevant today as in years past. This book contains practical tips, words of encouragement, discussion for questions, turning a personal exercise into a group exercise. Having tools that aid individual prayer lives is an ever-present need in the church, and ironically, this is why the title might be received as false advertising. Most personal stories about prayer life major on an abiding struggle to have a strong life of prayer. This struggle might not be brought to its knees in just 28 days, but this book will give its reader a good one-month start in the right direction. So I'm not saying don't read the book. I'm saying just manage your expectations of how (laughs) life-transformative it could possibly be, okay? 52 books in 52 weeks, number 41. This is a classic. Far too many things are proclaimed classics in today's hyperbolic world. However, Confessions by Augustine of Hippo, or do you prefer Augustine of Hippo, is a legitimate classic and in fact stands as one of the definitive standards for what makes a book a classic. Confessions is inarguably one of the most noteworthy books ever penned. If you haven't read it, you should, even if only for its historical significance. Confessions is considered by most to be the first Western autobiography. This book and its underlying theology has influenced the Christian church and the Western world in ways that are worthy of a deep-dive study. I encourage you to dig into some research about this book if you can find the time. Much of the power of the book rests in the fact that it is a human story in all that one might mean by a human story. Yes, it's a story of St. Augustine and his mother Monica, but it is also the story of all Christians. Believers see themselves when reading Augustine's experience of being lost in sinfulness, vainly seeking answers from famous, famous people, talented showmen, intellectual wordsmiths, before everything... Turned by a move of the Holy Spirit and the power of the word of God. You, if you're a Christian, you will see yourself in this book. Today is a good day to read a good book. Might I suggest this one to you, Confessions by Augustine. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 42. This book isn't good. Don't bother with it. I read it because women in my life have read it. and I wanted to learn what Patricia Bailey teaches. Women risk takers has a sprinkling of good moments, but it is fraught with theological peril throughout. The book advocates for a myopic individualistic name it, claim it feminism that tries to pass itself off as biblical encouragement for females. Too often scripture is cited out of context. The corporate nature of God's people is ignored and the power of the Lord is subsumed under the strength of I am woman. Hear me roar. There aren't. Enough good books in the market, which help women to recognize their value and worth. There are some for sure, just not enough. If you succeeded in stacking 10 such good books, then by adding this book to the pile, you would still have a stack of only 10 good books. Don't waste your time. Patricia Bailey, Women Risk Takers. Number 52, Or number 43, rather, of 52 books in 52 weeks. Full disclosure, I have never been a fan of Jim Baker. But for only a buck, I was able to buy his book, The Refuge, and see what Tammy Faye's former husband has to say for himself. And there are some surprisingly good moments in this book. But try as I might, I can't get to a place where I trust Jim. There are notes of sorrow over his past decisions, but Baker still makes himself His story, his excuses, his lessons, his efforts, his leadership, the central focus of his life and his ministry. Only God knows for sure those who are his. And I cannot truly know the motivation of another man's heart. Yet after reading this book, I'm still not a Baker fan. I do feel, however, that I've gained insight into why other people might be his fans, whether he deserves it or not. Again, the book was The Refuge by Jim Baker. 52 Books in 52 Weeks, number 44. On my radio show, I recently interviewed a local author about his book on God and the Christian life that's to be lived for his kingdom. This week's 52 Books post is about a different book with local Frederick Ties. Its author is the brother of an acquaintance who lives near me, so not exactly a local author, but just one step removed from being a local author. Eyewitness. The life of Christ told in one story seeks to take the four Gospels and synthesize them down to one seamless narrative. To do this, Frank Ball needed to take a few creative liberties, but all in all, he did a pretty good job. With a project like this, there are risks. The risk of personal interpretations changing what really happened. The risk of diminishing the four Gospels as somehow inadequate in their original form. The risk of losing the main points of the original New Testament writers, etc., this book drifts perilously, perilously close to the edge of some of these risks. So it shouldn't be viewed as gospel truth. However, it's a good effort by a man who appears to have sincerely held positive motivations for this project. Eyewitness by Frank Ball. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 45. Dennis Baki's book, Joy at Work, advocates at the, that the workplace should be fun, And fulfilling, at least in part, because a joy-filled workplace improves financial performance. The book has biblical principles at its foundation, but the author himself admits that his book on business leadership is, quote, built on passion, experience, and common sense. While not a perfect book, it is exceptionally helpful, even if the reader walks away understanding only it's central premise that a joy-filled workplace gives people the freedom to use their talents and skills for the benefit of society without being crushed or controlled by autocratic supervisors. As an aside, it's a wonder there is a wonderful documentary about Dennis Bakke's company. And uh, it's slog, <laughs> a long, hard slog against the blight of systemic communism. The documentary... Uh, which has had a profound impact on me, is called Power Trip. You can actually find it on YouTube and watch it for free on YouTube. So if you like documentaries and you want to see what a socialist, uh, uh, communist economic policy can do to the heart and soul of, of a people, uh, Power Trip really will open your eyes, I think. And, and the book, by the way, I don't want to make this about the, the video. The book is Joy at Work, Dennis Bakke, B-A-K-K-E. By the way, this is the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD. My name is Troy Skinner. Normally we do a panel discussion show on the Faith Debate, but but uh, I'm bringing up the speed on things I've been reading. I posted on Facebook one book a week last year, and so we're making our way through that list, and we're making healthy progress. We're going to wrap this up uh, before today's show is over. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 46. This book was a gift. To my wife, with a note attached, that she should share it with me. So a friend gave it to her and said I should read it. So Barber Publishing uh, put out this selection of Bible passages arranged uh, into 64 chapters. And they have titled it, Light for My Path, Illuminating Sections from the Bible. So basically, it's just the Bible. That's all it is. It's not the Bible, but it's it's, it's nothing but words from the Bible. So with scripture verse upon scripture verse, page after page, what's not a lot to like about Light for My Path? 52 books in 52 weeks, number 47. This book title is great. So let's see if if you don't agree with me. Eric J. Bargerhoff, Bargerhoff, has written in, uh, the book is called The Most Misused Verses in the Bible. Surprising ways God's word is misunderstood. It tackles 17 commonly misapplied biblical phrases and concepts. These include judge not or you will be judged. Ask for anything in my name. Money is the root of all evil. And you're given no more than you can handle. <laughs> the book is not perfect in my estimation, as there are a few places that lack some clarity or uh, cause me to wonder why something was left unsaid. However, any time that false, quote unquote, truisms are challenged, that's that's a time to be appreciated. As the author writes, quote, much damage can be done when the Bible is taken out of context and abused leaving behind a trail of confusion and faulty decisions. Many a theological heresy has resulted from the misuse or misinterpretation of scripture, and this can happen no matter how noble the intentions of the interpreters. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 48. Many, many memorable quotes lie within the pages of this book. Profundity and power lie within the crisp insights and accessible analogies. When arriving at page 197, you will almost assuredly, you will have learned a thing or two. And almost assuredly will have cried a time or two. So I say here below, but I'm going to say it. So wait a second for a baker's dozen treat a list of gems from Hustling God. Why we work so hard for what God wants to give by Craig Barnes, M. Craig Barnes. It could have been delectably longer. It's only 197 pages. So here we go. And the things like the baker's dozen treats could have been like to be longer, too. So here's the 12 quotes from his book Being a victim is a choice. It is a choice to waste your suffering. The problems you find in it, that's good. Being a victim is a choice. It's a choice to waste your suffering. You want to walk around being a victim and claiming the victim role, you're wasting what that suffering can do in your life and the life of others. That's really powerful. The problems you find in your life are directly related to problems in your image of the Heavenly Father. Number three, the gate of heaven is found in worship. Worship is the means by which we learn how to see the blessings we've received. Number four, to find ourselves in the presence of God ought to be frightening. Number five, we cheat ourselves when we assume the truth is rational and careful while beauty is passionate, subjective, and extravagant. I'm going to stop counting these. I'll just go through them. Your life is too important to be uh, necessary. You deserve to be loved. Hear that? Your life is too important to be, I'll insert the word, merely necessary. You deserve to be loved. Most people are not addicted to power, but we all fear powerlessness. Next quote. The question we should be asking is, who do I really work for? Success is measured not in accomplishments, but in faithfulness. Boy, I love that one. I've lived my life. I try to live my life by that one. I quote, I use that a line very similar to my own personal quote. Anyway, next quote from the book. Need does not determine call. God determines call. There is no end to need, but need has not chosen you. God has. Most of the deep wounds in life are self-inflicted. That is what fear does. Two quotes left. There is no easy way to receive character. And lastly, forgiving and forgetting may not be the same thing, but those who have truly forgiven aren't interested in keeping records of sin. All these quotes are from A Hustling God by Craig Barnes. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 49. Really heading down the home stretch now. If ever there was a book for our times, this is it living with even immersed in what I call anti-social media is a cultural challenge to our society. Smoke signals likely changed the world. We know from history that the printing press definitely changed the world. The advent of electronic media, radio, television, as well as the music and movie industries had a major impact too. The earlier advances in communication technology brought with them a mix of good and bad. We're likely tempted to think, Mostly good. Whether social media has been mostly good or mostly bad, there can be little doubt that the negative aspects have been seismic. Joe Battaglia's book, Unfriended, Finding True Community in a Disconnected Culture, is an old-school call back to the basis of authentic friendship, communication, and community. Again, Joe Battaglia, and the book is called Unfriended. 52 books in 52 weeks. Number 50. Vodi Bachman Jr. is a strong thinker, a powerful preacher, and a biblically informed author. There's very little not to like about him or his book, Family Driven Faith, doing what it takes to raise sons and daughters who walk with God. To my church leadership friends, want to build a family-integrated church, this book is a helpful guide. And to my Christian parent friends, consider, as Votie writes on page 121, that our children are developing a theology whether we are teaching them or not. There is hope to be found in this book's pages. Read it if you have time. If you have not the time, then I greatly suggest that you perhaps... Look to create the time, and then read this book. After all, when it comes to time, right now counts forever. Now I will say that after I posted this, I have a good friend of mine who read the the book as well, and uh, he he likes Vodi Bachman as, as much as the next guy, and he liked the book, but he offered a word of caution that you know Vodi Bachman has a to be pretty black and white. You know, um, he does, doesn't mind squashing an ant with a sledgehammer, and and so my friend was concerned about that. That people might get the wrong idea that Vodi is a little too hardcore in his direct approach. And my response to that would be to say that I think, in fairness, that Vody Bachman is understanding his context. So if Vodi is, ta- is sitting across from somebody and he's reading their body language and their facial expressions and making eye contact and he understands their situation and their story... I'm sure he can be a velvet hammer, too. I think he can be gentle and speak the truth with gentleness and kindness. But his book is written to a culture. And the culture, in Vodi's view, and I would agree with him, is sideways. And so he feels like the culture needs a two-by-four upside the head. And so he wrote a book that accomplishes <laughs> that task pretty well. But with that caveat, keep that in mind, okay? Uh, don't If you're one of those who's going to be offended by him being overly direct, you know, just keep in mind that his heart's in the right place and and try to give give him the benefit of the doubt and and mind the book for all the good that is in it, okay? 52 books in 52 weeks, number 51. The Right Doctrine from the Wrong Texts. It's a collection of 21, or actually 22 essays edited by G.K. Beale. The contributing authors are heavyweight theologians, so this is not light reading, (laughs) Of all the books on my list of 52 this year, this past year, this volume is one of the most academic works, Mm -hmm. even including – the book includes words in the original biblical Hebrew and Greek, okay? Uh, I mean using – and not just uh, anglicized versions of those words but actually using the original Hebrew and Greek alphabet and spelling the Hebrew and Greek words. So – this is for, uh, for, for academics, for people who uh, have a scholarly ap- uh, aspiration, who've you know, maybe been to seminary. Uh, in other words, some people, back to what I wrote, I, that was a little bit of a side, I apologize. In other words, some people will be more eager to gobble up its pages than will other people. If you're not the academic type, if you don't want a heavily dense, hard uh, book to read, this is not going to be for you. Interested in reading some serious scholarship? This book could be exactly what hits the spot. It's really quite excellent. The Right Doctrine from the Wrong Texts, G.K. Beale. 52 books in 52 weeks, number 52. Nearly 12 months ago, I started my reading list late by a couple of weeks, so it's only fitting that I end my year-long list a couple of weeks early. Also fitting, giving that book fifty one was heavy reading. I've made book number fifty two to be rather light reading. The family at church, listening to sermons and attending prayer meetings, is a breezy guide for how to get more out of church involvement. Doctor Joel R. Beakey—I think it's Beakey. It might be Beek. I think it's Beakey. B E E K E provides historical background, biblical warrant, and practical advice that covers the purpose, the need, and the importance of sermons and prayer meetings. This book is only eighty pages. And with a different format, it could have been squeezed nicely into about 30 pages. So while it's a resource that can be referenced over and over, the initial reading is easily a one-sitting affair. And so there you have it, 52 books in 52 weeks. So now, 52 books in 53 weeks? No, sorry. And actually, I didn't even do it. I started late. I started, uh, I think, four or five weeks, I think like four weeks late maybe. And I ended a week or two early. So really, it was 52 books in, I don't know. 45 weeks, 47 weeks, something like that. So I accomplished my goal and then some. See that? You can accomplish your goals too. <laughs> Make it your goal to check us out online if you would. Go to WFMD.com. Keyword faith gets you to the faith debate page. Uh, you can also go to the Facebook page for WFMD. You can go to my Facebook page if you want. I uh, love to inter- interact with people there as well. Uh, if you get to the uh, faith debate page on WFMD or if you link to it through WFMD's faith facebook page uh you'll see there um an outline uh, in descriptive form of of telling you what the shows were that aired recently who the guests were because we typically have guests we haven't had guests these last number of weeks but we typically have a panel discussion show uh, so you can see what the, who the panelists were what the topics that were tackled were that sort of thing and then if you find any of them interesting listen to the podcast uh, links to podcasts are found on the Faith Debate page. A number of them are, probably a couple months, two, three, four months worth maybe. But then a whole bunch in the Audio Vault section of WFMD's website page. So uh, website. So go to the Audio Vault and you can find, I, I think my three, four years worth of Faith Debates are there. Even though we've been doing the show for 15 and a half years, they didn't post all of them. I don't know. Whatever. So, <laughs> till next week, 167 and a half hours from right now. God bless.